Welcome to the Peak Performing Team, a podcast for business leaders that want to cultivate more innovation, productivity, and well-being on their teams, especially in the middle of chaotic times. This podcast features advice on getting the right people started right, fostering inclusive teamwork, preventing burnout, and so much more. So now, let's join best-selling author, organizational health, and teamwork strategist, Faith Clark, for this episode of The Peak Performing Team. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode. Today, I'm going to talk about something that we've all been thinking about, especially right now, when for this recording, at the time of this recording, we're, in, we're still in the global pandemic, and burnout is just something that we've all been talking about. Because it seems as if when high-performing people really put their effort out to sustain levels of activity in spite of what's going on around them, then you get to the point where you hit a wall. And what's been happening in the, in the global situation right now is that so many people in workspaces have been noticing this, this, like, this difficulty, this like we're, we're all done, we're finished at this point, a, a year into the pandemic. So I wanted to talk about this in the context of our teams. What's the antidote to team burnout? And again, if you run a team and the team has high-performing people, they've probably shown up and delivered, especially if you've been layering in principles of inclusion and healthy culture, they've probably shown up and delivered at really high levels. They've been able to respond to the need and they have, in spite of their own um, challenges during this time, they've been able to deliver. And so what we want to do is to make sure our work, the way we're doing the work, is buffering and is layering in supports for team burnout because team burnout has a spin-out effect. So I've worked with teams outside of the pandemic. I've worked with teams and seen this scenario, worked with teams where this scenario has occurred. Often it's around um, a launch or an event. Uh, there's some big thing happening and the whole team is working towards getting this big thing done. And the team works together pretty well. They get the thing done. They're effective. The launch or the event is successful. People say all kinds of amazing things about them and the organization. But people leave the event. The team members leave the event saying, Woo, my goodness, that was hard. Or, Woo, we're exhausted, right? And they don't necessarily leave with the happy exhaustion of good work. They leave with that beginning, that inkling of thought. Wait a second, are we going to keep doing it this way? So people start to conserve their energy and they start to hesitate to really lean in to future projects. So I've seen this scenario on teams and unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't jeopardize the current project. What it does is jeopardize the future projects. And it kind of has a a leaking out effect into the wider organization and into the wider I would say, into the wider world, into the interactions with clients and so on. And often team leaders, conscientious, beautiful team leaders start to think, okay, maybe it's mental health days that we need to layer in more. Maybe it's vacations and giving people time. And all of these solutions are really, really good. And and your team members, 
may even be asking you for these solutions. They may be saying, I'm going to take a day. Better tools to plan the event and to maybe layer in the work better so that people aren't exhausted. Whatever it is, these solutions, though they could be helpful, they miss the underlying point of what happens and what causes burnout. So let's talk about burnout just a little bit. I'm sure you've experienced it or have observed it in in others. It's that state of being stressed that is persistent. So, you know, one stressful event is just a stressful event. It's like, you know, you feel stressed, there's anxiety or whatever is going on and maybe you recover from it. But the persistent experience of stress over time, that's what leads to burnout because here's what's happening. When a person feels stressed and we're we're defining stress not as hyper alertness, but stress is that feeling of threat, right? It's whatever is being demanded of me in this moment is more than I can handle. Like, I don't know if I have all the resources needed to handle the thing that's in front of me. That's stress. Because when we believe we have all the resources that we need, when we believe we have all the capacity, we just see that as positive challenge. And some people call that positive stress. So when people are actually in that state of, I'm not sure if I have all that I need to be able to handle this. When that experience happens persistently and people are now saying, wait, I'm not sure that I have all I need to handle this experience over and over and over again, that's what leads to burnout because it's the imbalance, right? Between the releasing of effort, the persistent working on something and then what they're taking in. And if you have been listening to this podcast over the past few episodes, you've heard me talk about designing the team's work so that it's energizing. And so that's part of what we're going to touch on again today, because burnout tends to happen in teams when either people are persistently doing the wrong tasks or the wrong processes, you know, the the send a communication to this one, but then that person doesn't understand what you're saying. And then you have to include another person and repeat yourself in a different way. And so the processes between tasks, you've done a thing, you've done it well, it needs to be handed over to another person. I call it the fumble because it just doesn't get handed over or when it gets handed over, somebody is like, wait, I thought it was going to be this thing. All of that type of stuff uses a lot of energy. And so lots of the, the research uh, call it energy waste. And in the lean um, lean management processes, you think about where, where in our team, where are these processes wasting our energy? Another thing that wastes energy is assignments that are wrong, like, right? So a person is handling a task that they really just shouldn't be handling. How did we get this task handed to this person? And then overall, the sense of dissatisfaction within team members, that feeling of this isn't right, this isn't going well, this isn't good either for me or for us or for the team, whatever that feeling is, that feeling wastes energy. Just handling that feeling wastes energy. So the result of all of that is just the massive depletion. It's as if you opened up, you know, in the bathtub, you opened up the the plug and just energy, which is really motivation, right? The ability to just do stuff that you need to do, direct all of your focus and abilities to get something done. That's motivation. 
It's as if you took the plug out of the bath and just all of it ran out. When we are in this persistent cycle of doing the wrong thing the wrong way at the wrong time or having that persistent um, fumble in the team's work. And lots of times people get to this point when the large events kind of show up because people are persistently handling their business and handling the business of their work. And then you have a large event where people have to go above and beyond. So they've already been using up a lot of their resources. Then they have to go above and beyond. And then you end up in that burnout situation. And the the thing that makes burnout on a team very concerning is that humans are contagious. And I've mentioned this before. Like we catch things from each other emotionally. Like we, you put humans together in a crowd and, and after a while, people, unless they're being really intentional, they just kind of grab onto the emotion and the state of the people around them, right? So when you have individuals on your team experiencing burnout, then that feeling of burnout and that that awareness of burnout spreads. And it doesn't just spread to the staff, to within the team, it, it, it affects clients. So it affects the feeling of um, the delivery of your product. It, it affects, even if the product is being delivered well, there is this intangible underneath that doesn't feel good because that emotional experience has been spread out into the experience of the clients. And I've seen this, I'm sure you have, seen this in hospitals like organizations that do a lot of service to large amounts of people when the staff is experiencing burnout you see it in the clients that they serve i've seen it also in schools especially right now with the pandemic as i was saying i've we've seen it with teachers we've seen it with um with one-on-one aids for special needs students who are in person and handling the higher level of risk plus the difficulty with compliance is re- like the effort required to do the same job is higher. And then you start to see it in the kids, less regulation, less ability to interact well. And it could be that the students are stressed, but likely it's also that the humans are contagious and we're just spreading our burnout among each other. So we get to this burnout faster and we tend to... Uh, the resources that we use to help ourselves cope when life is complicated around us, those resources are, it's like we're getting into a negative bank account. And I've become curious about this and I've, I've seen this now in some teams that are handling this whole experience beautifully. How can we turn this idea of humans being contagious on its head? How can we utilize this to our benefit? How can we create and share energy instead of creating and sharing overwhelm well my solution if if you've been listening you've been hearing me talk about the secret sauce for high performing teams to sustain their work and help people thrive is inclusivity is inclusion practices right and so we've talked about inclusive ways of planning the work and I'm going to talk now about inclusive ways of practicing the work that the team does and planning and practice is is different right so we know what our plan is supposed to be and we are executing on our plan and we're modifying our plan accordingly and if you 
if you hadn't listened to that episode, go back and check it because if the plan isn't designed in a way that fits your team, then that's the first place that energy is being wasted. So in in inclusive team practice, what I'm encouraging and what I'm sharing with teams that I work with is let's make sure we're plugging the energy parasites and seeing the places where energy, as in ability to focus yourself and get stuff done, where energy can be created and shared around and, and supported, right? So one, need fulfillment. We've talked about that before. If we haven't been meeting core human needs, if the way we did the launch, if the way we did the events, if the way we're serving our clients isn't nourishing the humans on the team, it's not going to work. And so we've talked about that a little bit. Just go look back at that episode or listen to that episode and think through how you're planning your work. The other thing that I'm going to say, four things, is check on your energy parasites. I call the energy parasites anywhere that there is waste. So I've listed a couple of areas where there might be waste. Another place where there would be waste is, is if there's conflict in your team that's not being addressed and that's not being that's not being given space to work itself out in healthy ways. Now, conflict could be in your team and it's showing up as compliance. And so it's a tricky thing. If you have meetings for your your regular meetings and everybody is quiet, be very careful. There's probably conflict there, tons of it. Or even it may have it may have moved to just outright uh, dissension and silos and pockets, right? So if people start to feel that the team meeting is a waste of time, that the planning isn't being effective or or whatever it may be causing the conflict, that's a massive energy sucker. So notice what the energy parasites are, places where there's people doing work, where people are doing work that they they shouldn't be doing, places where there's a, a difficulty with a process connecting two tasks, like this thing happened and then this thing is to happen next, but the handoff is just not working out difficulties in the relationships, all of those are energy parasites. We have to deal with them. The next thing that I, 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 I like to help teams work on is this whole process. John Powell calls it bridging. I call it this, the practice of being inclusive in the day-to-day life, right? And so when we are working together in the micro moments, this is down to the micro behaviors, How do we notice difference, like notice in the micro moment that somebody perceives themselves to be different and apart from what's happening? How do we connect with that difference, whatever the difference is or whatever the experience is that this team member is having? And that could be something simple like um, in the team meeting, you said, okay, so I'm going to email you the minutes from this meeting so that everybody can know what the steps are that they need to do. And somebody says, could you also load the minutes into Asana? And then you say, well, can't you just load it into Asana? I, I'm going to email it to you. And that moment where that difference is discarded, for example, versus um, explored or integrated, that moment is a like an energy 
practice energy is wasting right there so how do we begin to notice what the differences are connect with that difference integrate it what's underneath what's what need needs to be supported and how does the life of the team support that it could be just in the example i gave you could say great um peter could you, when you get my email, could you just drop that in Asana so that Faith can have it when she's checking? Um, and Faith, you'll also have that email. Peter's gonna put that into Asana, you know, so that you have it there to, you know, for your work. So it could just be that you have that role and you teach the team to have that role of constantly noticing, connecting, and integrating and dealing with threats, right? So the moment somebody says, I thought everybody on this team, I've heard this a few times, I thought everybody on this team had basic knowledge of X. That's a threat to difference. A person will never be willing to share their stuff, to expose their difference if we're not doing this this um, this work of dealing with threats. So somebody needs to say, team leader needs to be able to say that's that's not that's not acceptable, whether that's in person or right there out front in the meeting. So an active process that we teach our team members and that we model for our team members of noticing difference in the micro behaviors, of connecting with that difference, of integrating the difference into our process to broaden our understanding of what we looks like versus the there is an uh, there's a them that person automatically who's experiencing the difference automatically becomes a them and then dealing with threats to that integration that process so crucial in our daily practice as a team um, if you want to make that more specific, drop me an email because I know that that was super high level and it really, really depends on the team. But fundamentally, we all have to strengthen our, our muscles for, for including others in the circle of we, right? The other thing that I think is super helpful during inclusive practice, especially when we're executing, especially when the team is performing, is having backup behaviors. And what do I mean by backup behaviors? A backup behavior is just, it may not be a particular team member's task, but they just notice that it's needed. And they hopefully notice that it's needed before it's actually needed. And I, I'm, my kids sang in a chorus, and so this example comes to me easily. I've, I've been at concerts with their chorus and listened to pieces and thought, how did you guys do that? There isn't enough air in your body to sing that whole phrase the way you guys sang it. And then my kids explained to me that they did some kind of circular breathing, right? Where a bunch of them are breathing and singing. A bunch of them are singing and then they stop to breathe and then others are singing. And then when they stop to breathe, others start and and they they're all getting enough air, but they're not taking the air at the same time. When we are in um, execution cycles where it's all hands on deck and everybody is going above and beyond, we also have to have the ability to integrate these backup behaviors where a team member notices that another team member needs some support, needs to pause, needs a timeout, needs a day, and there's a, a stepping in support and stepping out 
knowing that they will have their turn. Somebody else is going to notice that for them and give them the space that they need for recovery. So four things here that I'm mentioning in inclusive team practice, which is the way to buffer the team from having team burnout is one check on need fulfillment that's in your planning, which we've talked about before and figure out how to make sure the way you've planned the work meets core human needs. Two, we're going to block energy parasites. That's anything that's creating waste in that team process and the execution. And that could be a bunch of things that we've shared before emotional as well as tactical things that's creating waste on the team. Figure out how to get rid of those, block them. Let's pay attention to those. Then have an inclusive practice of noticing difference, notice it, connecting with the difference, integrating that difference into the whole so that people are constantly helped to be part of the whole. And that the team, not just the person with the difference, but the team builds the capacity to be elastic and to be responsive to changing human needs. One of the one of the things that I've noticed is that we as humans were constantly changing. But we don't even allow ourselves to to be different in our workspaces. So for example, after I had my son, when I went back to work, I was different. Did I allow that any difference to show I was really really busy? trying to be the same person I was before I had my son. And so I think the capacity to integrate difference is not just for the person who quote unquote is different as much as the muscle for noticing what people need in any moment and being able to integrate that into the plan for maximizing effectiveness. And then figuring out what your backup behaviors are and figuring out your practice of noticing that a backup behavior is needed. Back to the previous step. It could just be that you notice that Faith needs to time herself out for the next hour and somebody just steps in. But making that be a normal part of the team's practice. These are some of the ways that we will buffer uh, burnout and build energy on the team. So skipping ahead to when we build our teams with the habit of this inclusive team practice, here's what we're going to see happening. As we've the message I've been giving all along, teamwork is going to create energy that the team needs. In addition to creating energy, though, this amazing phenomenon starts to emerge we get into each other's heads. Like we have a mind meld. It's, it's, it's as if the team develops one mind. Because once we've, when we have this persistent ability to keep integrating everyone into the daily work and into the daily interactions, we, the, the plan moves from something that's on paper and on the whiteboard and on the mirror to something that's living and in everybody's head. And the literature calls it, the research calls it team cognition. It's the collective knowing. It's the way humans are so skilled at collective knowing. It's the way that we all would know how to do the wave in the, in the, at the ball game. When everybody kind of gets up at the same time, you know exactly your time. There's a, there's a way that we can know what's happening in the group and act accordingly. When as a team, we are used to practicing 
in these ways, this collective knowing and doing becomes easy. And the beauty of the collective knowing and doing is that it's so much more powerful than, of course, individual knowing and doing. And it's really, it's robust, it's stable, it's adaptable. That means that when stuff goes wrong, the collective knowing just knows and shifts because you've built in that ability to notice and have backup behaviors. When we are able to have this common mind, we are able to respond both to internal difficulties and to the stuff going on in the world. Anti-racism, practices that need to be integrated, um, COVID, new COVID safety rules, whatever is going on, the team will be able to be adaptive and, respons- and responsive because of the common mind that we're building. And deeper than that, in terms of all of those things are kind of, yes, the team will be higher performing, but you know what happens? People are also just having deeper understanding of each other and a deeper sense of belonging and deeper sense of trust. And it it's like an exponential it's an, it's an environment that cultivates human goodness on exponential levels. And so part of why we do this is, of course, our teams need to be effective. But part of what I'm inviting anybody listening into is creating spaces and cultivating spaces that really help humans thrive while we continue to be effective and powerful in the work that we're doing. And this we do by layering in these inclusive practices in our day-to-day, in our micro behaviors. And I know that if you went through the pandemic recently on a business level, you've seen this happen because you've seen some teams just kind of band together and energize each other, nourish and comfort each other. And they shifted And they created new products. They pivoted. They nourished their clients in new ways. Every week, I'm thinking of my coffee shop. Every week, there was a new uh, requirement, COVID safety requirement. And they just responded. And yet, they held each other. So it seemed. Because when when I came into the coffee shop, in, in comparison to going into other spaces, I could feel the difference. There was a sense of the togetherness and moving together through and pivoting together and adjusting with each other and and curiosity like we don't know but we're working on it right so building this capacity in our teams the success yes and the human healing and nourishment yes yes let's do more of that please all right wrapping up thank you so much for being with me for this episode as i've been sharing before if you want this personalized. I understand that most of what I've shared is so implementation wise, is so specific to your culture, to your, your organization's culture, to your context, to the products and services you offer, to the clients you serve. And so if you want to have a more personalized experience of this, go to faithclark.com click on the team performance audit and I'll send you a checklist that I use with teams that I'm working with one-to-one and that will help you pinpoint the next best thing to work on with your team so that you can elevate energy and adaptability and productivity on your team. When you've completed that checklist, I'm happy to hop on a call with you and just like make sure that yes, this, that these two things mean this thing 
just so you know exactly what you need to do to help your team move away from fumble, move away from burnout and move into energy and productivity and engagement. So until next time, bye. If you are ready to help your team become more productive and efficient without risking burnout, do my free team performance audit at faithclark.com. This has been another episode of the Peak Performing Team, where we help business leaders cultivate more innovation, productivity, and well-being on their teams. If you liked today's episode, please share it with someone and write a review on iTunes. If you're curious about how this would work with your team, go to faithclark.com, schedule a quick team performance audit, and get customized team strategies and solutions.